What's up, tea drinkers? Who's ready to spill? Welcome to The Tea with KG, hosted by your girl, Kaylee Grace. Here you'll find your weekly boost of real talk mixed with laughter, healing, and all of those vulnerable, messy moments in between. The Tea with KG is a safe space for you to show up exactly as you are. We are here to share real-life stories from around the globe and be a community of love, joy, and celebrating life. This is a real-deal show, so there will be coarse language and sensitive topics discussed. The most beautiful stories oftentimes emerge from the darkest of places, and we're here to explore it all. There's room for everyone at this tea time, so grab your drink of choice, spark it up, or just relax and soak it up. Cheers, and let's spill. Let's talk about sex, baby. Yes, that's right. It's our Sex with Shauna series. We are on our second episode of our monthly Sex with Shauna series. We've got your favorite sex therapist in the house. And this month, we are talking all about myth busting. So this is super exciting. We have heard your questions. Our sexpert has done the research. And we are coming at you with so much good information in this episode. So just a little quick background. If this is your first time tuning in, Shauna is owner of Lavender Lane Holistic Counseling and Sex Therapy. She is a sex therapist. And if you'd like to hear more about her story, she's on episode 32 of the Tea with KG. So you can head on over to that episode, check her out, learn a little bit more about who she is, what she does, why she does it, all the good things. And if you're curious about our first episode in our Sex with Shauna series. We put it out on Valentine's Day because we thought, what better way to celebrate a day of romance and love than talking about some sex toys. So if you are curious, definitely go check those out. That was episode 52 was her episode of our first part of our series. So super excited to have our girl Shauna back in the house. Thank you so much. And I want to thank everybody who reached out following the toy episode. I have been loving the feedback that we are getting. Uh, It just fills my bucket so much to hear so many vulva owners, so many people literally coast to coast that have been reaching out and just saying how liberating it is for this conversation to be happening, right? Because it has been shut down for so long. So I'm very humbled to have the opportunity to be here and have this conversation with you and with everybody else. But just, yeah, it's fantastic to hear everyone's comments. So please keep them coming. This fills me up. I love this. Please don't feel like you're going to bother me with these questions or comments in any way, shape, or form. This is my job. loves love to be filled up. No pun I intended. Lo- <laughs> <laughs> I had to. It was right there. I was like, she will like this one. I have to say it. Yes. <laughs> No, but it's so true to add on to Mm -hmm. that. I agree. Like Shauna and I, we connected so hard over this. We were like, you know what? We need to talk about this. And then having this series, we just collaborated. We're like, all right, let's make some magic happen and really dive in on specific topics each month. So yes, keep those comments and questions coming. Mm -hmm. It's it's every time I say something, I'm like, coming, hello. (laughs) Can't help myself, can't help myself. But we can't have fun and humor with it. What else do we got, right? Absolutely. All righty. So without further ado, do we're just gonna dive right into the myth busting even before we like pop into that yeah where this topic came from when we were brainstorming how we were going to kind of roll out these sessions what we wanted to talk about and what information we thought was most important to get out there one of the biggest things that we talked about was how much misinformation is out there and Mm -hmm. that has become such a huge proponent of a lot of the work that I'm doing right now is you don't know what you don't know exactly right so, so you have to kind of play around. I, I've been saying that you, 
you don't know what you don't know. So you got to fuck around to find out. <laughs> yes. Right? Shout out to fuck around Friday. I love it. <laughs> yes. It's become one of my favorites. I did miss last week, but I'm going to try to get on it a bit more. We had a lot of sickness happening around here. Oh, last week. So I know. I know. But, I hope everyone's feeling better. I felt so bad. Oh, I was like, no. I know. So we kind of came off the high of the taboo sex show. Yeah. Where it was all things connection, intimacy, all the fun. Came home back to reality. Hubby got sick. My kid was sick. It was just a whole ordeal. So mm-hmm. reality hit hard. <laughs> but yeah, so we want to really just kind of shine light on some of the big myths that are out there. Some of the big questions that are out there. And I never promised, you know, all the answers. There was even a couple of these that I was like, you know what? I'm going to do some like research a little bit deeper just to see what science is saying now. Because science is always evolving too, Yeah. right? There's always new research coming out. So, I mean, if you find something that counteracts what I get, please let me know that too. And I'm happy to look mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, exactly. Perfectly said. And what we'll do is mm-hmm. in our next monthly series, if there's anything, we can touch on it again and put the new info out there. So yes, this is such Absolutely. an open space. Like we want all the information, questions, all of it. Like like we have said several times before, Shauna, there's nothing you can say to her that will scare her. She will never be judging and she's probably heard it before. So Absolutely. Yeah, we've, we don't call her our sexpert for no reason. <laughs> That's my favorite. I get so many, especially like vulva owners that have lived in shame for so long, right? That don't have family or don't have friends or, you know, these kind of supportive relationships to talk about it. They haven't mm-hmm. had the sex education. Men, I think, are a bit more liberal or penis owners are a bit more liberal in a yeah. lot of ways. Not that their information is always correct yeah. by any means, <laughs> but they, they seem to be more well-versed in talking about it. But what I find with a lot of vulva owners is I have so many people that are like, oh, I'm really nervous to talk about this. Like, please don't judge me. And then they'll say it. It'll be the same question I've heard. Like, you might as well ask me what breakfast cereal I had for like breakfast. Right. And I'm like, oh, honey, come to me. (laughs) Yes. Come join my tribe. This is a safe space. (laughs) Yes. Let's get that pleasure, honey. Cause that's it. Like there is nothing wrong with pleasure. And all of us, as Shauna has said so many times, we're all wired differently, whether you are a Mm. penis owner or a vulva owner and what may work for me may not work at all for Shauna and vice versa. Like there's so much to it and it's such an individual thing. So don't ever feel alone in what you're dealing with because one, you're likely not alone. There's probably someone out there. And also there's people like, like this, like we're here for it. We want those questions and comments because there ain't no shame in none of it. And we want science to keep evolving. Yes. I would love more than nothing in this world to be proved wrong over and over yes. and over again by new research coming out about this. Because the reality is science on sex, science on the pleasure of vulva owners has been minimal. Mm-hmm. So most of the research we have is on penis owners done by penis owners. And it's just been the last little bit that we're starting to see that shift a bit more. So again, I think we are in such a world of enlightenment right now. It amps yes. up. I get so excited about it because we finally are in a position where people care. People yes. give a fuck that mm-hmm. there's an orgasm gap and people want yes. to see that shift. 
Yes. I love that you brought that up. I literally, the synchronicities never stop with us, girl. Like literally yesterday I was talking about this in a different regard, but same thing. I was like, I feel like our world, it's not a fast shift per se, but it's shifting in a positive way. Cause I feel like we're too far imbalanced in one direction, but I do, I agree a hundred percent that we are, it's coming. Like it is slowly, but surely shifting in a positive way. And I'm so here for it. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah, totally. Yay. All Well, without further ado, let's get some myth busting done. I don't know about anyone else, but I'm excited for this. There's some of these ones here. I'm like, ooh, what is she going to tell me? So <laughs> some of this will be new for me too. I can't wait. So the first topic we're going to touch on is squirting. So this is something I've actually researched myself and I have heard this myth. Is there pee in it? I have done a lot of research. I have seen conflicting arguments across the board. So I'm really curious to see what Shauna has to say. So that is just it. Again, vulva owning sexual practice. We don't have a lot of research on it. The research is super conflicty. What is known, what is believed to be true at this point in time is for, for those who don't know the term squirting, it's essentially oh, yes. female ejaculate, <laughs> right? So it can, for those who have had this experience, I think about 69% of vulva owners, 69, at some, <laughs> right? I know at some point in time, um, but it can actually vary. So for those who have witnessed, you know, squirting on porn, it can look like, you know, this inst- like drowning in you know, vaginal fluids. It can actually rain from like, or range from just a quarter of a <laughs> or <teaspoon>. rain <laughs> or rain, whatever. <laughs> Get juicy. Um, yes. It can go from like quarter of a teaspoon to quarter of a cup. Yeah. Like there is a huge range for how much this could happen. And again, when we look at what it consists of, I'm going to actually, I'm going to read this off because I don't want to get this one wrong. I had to do some research on this just to be a hundred percent sure where yeah, we were sitting. There's, there's so much out there. Like, so totally, like I, like I've said, I've seen it where it's like, no, there's none. Then it's like, well, there could be a tiny bit, just depending if your bladder's really full or some are like, no, it's this much. I'm like, no, someone tell me what's the answer. <laughs> someone what's the answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it contains some of the same components that you'd find in semen. So it has your prostate specific antigen PSA this is why I wrote it out because I'm like yeah I remember these. no uh, and pros- prosthetic acid phosphate but it also can contain small amounts of creatine and urea which are the primary oh. components of urine so now there's different reasons why this could be the case so female ejaculation or the, the squirt the liquid comes from the skein's gland and the skein's gland sits kind of on the top of the vagina upper wall of the vagina those are my words and it will drain from that into the urethra so i mean is it that there's some semblance of urine because it's coming through that canal i don't know right interestingly enough so i i don't have full answer of this there's chances are there's a small amount mm-hmm. um interesting enough though the skein's glands are not present in every vagina what that's so, interesting very when, interesting absolutely so when we're looking like some people this is like the holy grail and I don't understand why that's the reason it's not necessarily like they haven't linked squirting to a better orgasm okay. so just because you've squirted it doesn't mean it's like the best orgasm of your life right yeah right and I think that can in and of itself be a misconception like oh man she got so wet or they got so wet that 
you know, this, they must have just had this amazing orgasm. Mm-hmm. Can it be? Absolutely. Yes. But, but there's different levels. Have to be the case. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, only, like I said, about 69% of vulva owners have squirted at some point in time. So could it be that those who haven't just simply don't have a skin gland or that it's a smaller skin gland so it yeah. doesn't necessarily get activated quite as easily? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. I never mm-hmm. knew about not everyone having that gland. That's super, super interesting. See, mm-hmm. I already learned something new today, everybody. <laughs> I knew this was going to be good. And that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Everything you said makes more sense to me. Like even the way you worded where the secretion comes from i'm like okay that actually logically i get it now like i'm like okay so yes there could be a tiny little bit i get it right now that said and i know this can be the concern for some people um and i think there's some shame associated with the bodily fluids as well but it you're not the process of squirting is not taking a full urination yes you're not peeing it's not you're the golden not shower. just having it that's not it yeah absolutely another fun interesting fact that i came across when i was looking this up is that the female ejaculation vaginal ejaculation if you will in ancient india used to be referred to as nectar of the gods oh hell so just yeah, that thing a little bit. yeah Ooh. What did you call, what do we, we have all these beautiful words for how we describe our bits and our things. And I, I'm here for this. Like, yes, it is nectar of the gods. You're welcome. Yes, yes, yes. So I just thought that was like a fun little, fun little tidbit to hold on to. Oh, I'm going to hang on to that one. Enjoy the nectar of the gods. No, and in order to squirt, this can be a thing too. A lot of, like I said, a lot of people will chase it or a lot of partners will want it as if it's I don't know trophy (laughs) but for some people it comes very naturally to be able Mm -hmm. to do that and it happens almost every time other people it takes a lot more effort and concentration I have read that g-spot stimulation can encourage it to happen a little bit faster Mm. though again not always the case the information (gasps) is all over the place with some of this stuff because there's just Mm -hmm. not enough research behind it Yeah. And like we were saying, it's such, or it can be such an individually based thing. Like you would have to like survey everybody to get a true, like real number of what is what. And also too, you know, sometimes people don't want to be as forthright with that information. So you never know if your information is skewed or anything like that. So it's definitely, I think the reality is, especially when we're looking at information pertaining to, you know, like vulva owners, there's still so much shame behind vulva owner sexuality that who are the individuals signing up to participate in the research? Yes. Right? Because the demographic itself might be individuals who are much more liberal in talking about sex. And we may be actually outcasting an entire population of vulva owners that just aren't aren't open yeah. and willing to have the conversation. That's right. Absolutely. That's a really good point. Mm, <laughs> the most I've ever taken out of a research methods class. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come in handy yes <laughs> got your money's worth right here got my money's worth all yeah. righty well that there was you probably have it. the one i felt the, the least comfortable with because of the fact that it's so up in the air and there's so yes. much con like contradictory information that's right we started off with that one where it's yeah, all down get that out of the here. Way. yeah <laughs> perfect all right myth busting area number two we're gonna talk about porn and how some people feel that 
pornography is real life. And we're just going to dive into that topic because, I mean, even I feel like as um, young people, like young, I'm talking like when you're teenagers and you're exploring and learning and all the things, I feel like that is you look at that and you're like, oh, well, I'm supposed to look like that or I'm supposed to orgasm just like that or whatever. You, it's a lot of, again, I think it comes back to the human nature of comparing. So mm. we're, we're just going to bust that right now. Don't compare it to anyone but yourself. But Shauna's going to dive into this topic for us. So I will actually preface this by saying I love porn. I think yeah. there are fantastic elements to porn, fantastic mm-hmm. reasoning behind porn. I'm a huge believer in ethical pornography, which is a thing a lot of people have their backs up with regards to pornography and for good reason, right? We have seen many sex workers um, be taken advantage of. We've heard the behind the scenes. We, I, you know what? One thing that I hate with porn, and this is my own personal preference, um, is just the themes behind pornography. And especially someone who works uh, in the field of deviant sexuality for a good yeah. portion of my career. Um, I really struggle with anything that looks at incest or underage or all of that stuff, right? There's many issues with porn. Do not Mm -hmm. get me wrong. What I love about pornography is that it can give you a chance to explore Mm -hmm. from afar some things that you might be interested in that you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. If you haven't been exposed to certain scenarios or role plays or body types or acts how mm-hmm. would you know if it turns you on exactly right so it can provide some different opportunity just to just to explore in a safe way without yes. actually getting hands-on and trying something that you're not fully comfortable with I agree I think it's it, exactly like you said in the right ways it can be very healthy very empowering freeing however you want to look at it to explore and figure out what you do and do not like so yes when you say ethical porn like Mm-hmm. Can you describe so, that a bit more? This is a term that we're hearing a lot more about just in the past couple of years. So ethical porn, I the first example that comes to my mind is Belessa, E-E-L-E-S-S-A or B-E-L-L-E-S-A, something like that. Okay. Um, they are designed by women and it's very much vulva owner centered. Okay. So, and again, this is a broad generalization, so I don't want to paint everyone with the same brush, but they were noticing that what turns certain people on, certain demographics on, for vulva owners, a lot of that, that turn on was psychological. It was mm-hmm. the buildup. We weren't looking for the pussy shot. We weren't looking for <laughs> the like ramen to, to be 90, right? Like that wasn't for a lot of people. What was actually building that arousal? That, that psychological component to, to vulva owner sexual stimulation, a lot of that was like the buildup, the storyline, the romance and the foreplay and all of that. It's so, more of like a production, a, which I'm such yeah. an artist. So I totally like respect the artistry that goes into creating something like that. Like, absolutely. Yeah. So within ethical porn, that is taken into consideration a lot of the time. The other things that are really, really important, which I'm a huge fan of, is all acts are consensual. They are agreed upon prior to any of the actors can say, no, I, I'm into this, but I'm not into this. And I like being touched this way, but not this way. Mm-hmm. They also get to consent to each other. So okay. whereas you're not just walking onto a set and being like, okay, you're having sex with these four dudes today, right? Yeah. Um, that, that's all agreed upon beforehand. And they're paid properly. There you go. So you just want to make sure like 
sex work is work. And I can't emphasize that enough. We want to make sure that that people are being cared for properly. No, I mean, yeah. to get back to your question and in terms of like people thinking it's real life, I think that's where it becomes problematic. Mm-hmm. When so many of us learn about sex, where do we learn about sex from? Yeah. Often it's pornography. And I think especially now in the world that we live in, it's so accessible. It's on our phones. It's on our so computers. It's, you can literally get it anywhere. It's not like you have to you know, walk down to the corner store and get a magazine anymore, exactly. right? Exactly. You're not going to get the Playboys. Like, yeah. And, and it's accessible, but any range of pornography and theme and body type is accessible, mm-hmm. right? So what we're seeing, the trends that tend to show up is that individuals are thinking, especially really young when they don't have a lot of sexual experience, I have to look like this. I have to perform like this. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, this is what sex and love look like. So yeah. you have these young people I have getting to into groom myself like this. Yeah, absolutely. I I need to be squirting. Yeah, at you know two cups a time, and if not, yeah. I'm not you know aroused or or my partner. I'm not doing it right. So that's where it becomes problematic, and I think that's where conversations need to really be starting with our young people mm-hmm. to say, you know what, I get that that porn is out there. You're right. You do have access to it, and you're probably going to use it. Because guess what? Even if you don't think your kids are looking at porn, I promise you your kids are looking at porn, <laughs> right? Like whether it's in your house, whether it's at a friend's house, kids are curious creatures. Curious, yes, exactly. And, and we all were, right? We all yes. got to find it somewhere. You got to learn. Yeah, absolutely. So just having those conversations and saying, you know, please recognize that this like arousal needs to happen before you can just walk into a room and start doing this. Yes. Right. Oftentimes, I mean, the actors in, in a lot of non-ethical pornography are taking medications. They don't show the before and after and all of that stuff. That's right. You get the money shot and you get out. Yeah. Right. So that's not reality. No. So going back to, you know, learning to seek out pleasure, making sex a pleasure, not about orgasm, not about performance that's what's important but use pornography to see what's out there use pornography just to to get an idea of what other options are exactly and if it's not for you you'll know yes there's so many ways to integrate that in and like you'll know if you are like hell no still hate it that's okay you don't have to like it you don't have to anything but if you find things interesting don't feel ashamed about it yeah and another question I get with pornography a lot is okay so my partner is watching this type of porn and that is not me. Right. Whether that's, you know, my, I'm trying to think of one that I've heard recently. I was thinking my, like what they look like, maybe like maybe yeah. they're into a, and it doesn't look like you at all or something like that. Absolutely. So like skin tone or hair color or body type, or yeah. maybe it's just like the acts in general. That is absolutely not what's happening in my bedroom. So that must mean that I'm not enough for my partner. And I'll tell you that just because your partner is watching it or you're watching it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you want to act it out. That's right. Right. So having these conversations with your partner about what, what aspects of that type of pornography, maybe it was a one-off video that showed up and they just decided to watch it. Or maybe there was other elements that, that were producing arousal in some way that you could role play or, or kind of get an idea of you know what I just thought of Um, too it's uh you've mentioned this before it's uh 
when you were saying that like sometimes when people masturbate they just do what they know works or what they've done since they were yeah. a teenager I'm like well maybe that's what the partner watched when they were younger you never know right yeah, those pleasure pathways can stay so stagnant. You go to what you know, and what's going to get you there the fastest a lot of times. And I see this happen so often. And this is what makes me sad. And this is why I say like, watch porn with your partner, talk about porn with your partner, get to know like, what elements your partner is liking. Because something I hear so often is that that hurt behind it, mm -hmm. right, that that I'm not enough. And I just, I just want to take that away. Right. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to mean anything. Oftentimes for partners that are masturbating, and, and this comes up so frequently too, is that they're trying to do it behind their partner's back. There's a shame with masturbation that, that I shouldn't have to be masturbating. And maybe this is another myth in general, but I shouldn't have to be masturbating if I'm in a happy relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. No. Right? Not at if all. If you were hungry and your partner's not around, are you still going to have dinner? <laughs> like, of course you're going to have dinner. That's a perfect way to describe it. Right? <laughs> like, that they're not, they're not doing it to intentionally hurt you. And they're yes. just seeking a little bit of pleasure. And it's not that they're not satisfied. It's not that at all. Like, if you, mm -hmm. like, need a stress release, what better way? It just can re get the blood flowing again, you know? Like, it, mm -hmm. there's so many reasons behind masturbation. In my opinion, it has nothing to do with your satisfaction with your, your partner or anything like that. They're not, I don't, they're not related to me. It's like masturbation is like your self-love time and you know, your stress release or whatever you look at it for, your pleasure time, any of that. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And like I've said in past episodes too, sex begets sex. So if you are masturbating and having pleasurable orgasms, guess what? That means that you're going to be bringing that energy back into your sexual relationship with your partner as well. So yeah, absolutely. Get out, rub one out, enjoy <laughs> and talk yes. about your porn. And talk about your porn. I love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. Another myth busted. Next, we're moving on to aphrodisiac. So in our last Sex with Shauna mm -hmm. series episode, we briefly touched on this and I was like, I know we're going to bring it up again. But what my question was in that episode was, does pineapple affect the taste? And for, for me, I'm obviously, I'm a vulva owner. So I was referring to that, but it, it could be for, I mean, even if you're a penis owner, it can affect your, your semen taste, anything. So we're going to talk mm -hmm. about aphrodisiacs. Do they work? And at the same time, we can touch again on like the pineapple because like that was such a great tidbit of information. Well, and I think, I mean, the pineapple example is perfect because I think we, I, it just instantly takes me back to high right? school, right? Like that, that concept of eating pineapple is going to taste or make your uh, seminal fluids taste better. Mm -hmm. And the information I gave on the last episode is the answer to that is yes and no, like many of these questions, right? So yes, the healthier that you eat, the healthier you will taste. Mm -hmm. If you are eating a nice clean diet, and you know, limiting your junk food, your fried food, your smoking, your alcohol, all of that, your body is going to taste fresher. That's right. And right? hydrating, lots of H2O. Hydrating, hydrating, hydrating. Because again, the all of that processed shit that we put in our body has to come out of our body, right? That's and it's right. gonna come, it comes out through our sweat, it comes out through like oils in our skin, and it's gonna come out through our genitals as well. Mm -hmm. So on the other flip side of that is it would take a hell of a lot of pineapple for your <laughs> pussy to start tasting like pineapple. <laughs> like it's, it's eat clean, eat healthy, 
but you would have to eat so much for it to actually make that big of a difference. Have like a drastic yeah. change. Exactly. Yeah. Ugh, this is such a good question. I'm yeah. like, I feel like this was something our high school selves needed to hear. <laughs> I know. But then in terms of aphrodisiacs in general, there's not a lot of real science behind the you know, many go to yeah, like oysters. That's the first one I always that's, think of. That's literally the example that I have is that oysters, right? Because people put so much thought into that. And then you have other people that get disgusted at the thought of an oyster. Like, yeah, I, I can just think of my husband, he'd be like, I would rather <laughs> not thank you. Um, so there's not a lot of science behind that that actually proves that to be true. However, excitingly enough and I talked a little bit about this in our last episode as well um but there are some different adaptogens so again yes. for your oh my moves, god yeah yes. yeah talk about this this is so yes. cool to me there are some different adaptogens and just natural products that you can find in a lot of different places that have been proven to make a difference so ginseng for example for penis owners ginseng has been has there's been many studies that have shown that it can impact testosterone levels which can increase libido. It can help to maintain uh, erections as well. For vulva owners, maca root, which I talked about a little bit in the last episode, really good at increasing libido in, in vulva owners. Interestingly enough, some different studies have shown that it has been great for vulva owners who are on antidepressants. Cool. If you're on medication, obviously I'm going to just caveat this to say, talk to your doctor before bringing in any supplements. These are natural supplements, but I'm just going to cover my ass and say that yes. anyway. But yeah, so we know that antidepressants and I mean, birth control, hormonal birth control just about as to well. Ask that. And it's just something to be aware of. And it's a side effect, I think, that oftentimes get missed. Mm -hmm. So again, regulate your body the way you need to regulate your body and work with your medical team to find the medication that's best for you. Yeah. And recognize that it is normal for libido to go down when we're fucking like sex drive is hormonal a lot of yeah. the times, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're messing with our hormones, it's very common that sex drive is going to get messed with too. Oh, so sure. yeah, maca root is fantastic for helping with that. Another thing that, you know, as I was kind of sitting and, and processing through the idea of aphrodisiacs was for me, it's like, okay, not necessarily just what's going to increase libido, but I look at sex from such a holistic nature yes. that I'm like, what are the other elements that are impacting our libido, such as stress, such as sleep, mm -hmm. that we could be using, you know, natural supplements to address as well. So like ashwagandha, fantastic for stress, mm -hmm. chamomile for, for sleep to make sure we're getting adequate sleep, yes. hydration, water, are we getting enough water? I found this company. So I brought this out just to show you. I found this company at Taboo and I really, really like it. It's called Nectar. I think okay. they're from Squamish. So they're a BC company. I think it's cool. Um, They have this, this little bottle it's called Love Potion Number oh, 9. Oh, cute. That's so cute. It's super cute. It's kind of like chocolatey tasting. Oh, can, you, can you open it? I need to see the texture. Yeah. These so are my like, senses coming through. It literally oh, looks like cocoa powder. Okay, yeah, cool. It looks like cocoa powder. So the uh, instructions are add two to four tablespoons to hot or cold nut milk, smoothie, coffee, blend it with a sweetener. And add cool. some fat. You have to add some fat for it to kick in as well. So I've been putting it in my smoothies. Yeah. A dollop of Greek yogurt or something in there. And then your berries and all of that fun stuff. It's such a great taste. But it's got 
amazing superfoods and it's got cacao it's got maca ashwagandha rose power it's got uh, all and the a goods. few others too yeah so yeah i'm hoping to we've been talking about doing a little collaboration with them so i yeah. uh, would love to do that but i definitely recommend they have some cool products in terms of like thc and cbd infused Ooh, loops and all of that fun stuff that. too I was going to say, I'm not sure how long you've been using that product, but I'd be curious when we do our next monthly to do a check-in and just maybe see if it's uh, doing what it says, or maybe it's yes. instant too. I'm not sure, but. So that's an amazing point because often we hear like aphrodisiacs, I'm going to take it and like it's go time. I'm going to be like the pineapple. Stuck. I'm going to eat like the pineapple. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're like, mm, I'm eating this, right? No. So it can take two to three months of consistent use for this yeah. to kick in. Yeah. Right. I believe so you're it. not like going to see it overnight. Yeah. It has Which to get interesting. Into exactly preach on that it's like anything for your health if you're ingesting it's not immediate i'm sorry right. like if you're taking stuff for your hair skin nails it's not going to be tomorrow yeah. like mermaid hair yeah. hello <laughs> yeah so we have to we have to shift that narrative that yeah that like sex and pleasure are just instantaneous just there and instantaneous no, and we're gonna things take release time. the narratives and all of That's that stuff right. right like it takes time to get to the point where we're at and it takes time to kind of undo some of these habits as well. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Oh, I love mm -hmm. that. I'm, I'm excited to hear about the love potion. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, so we've talked about food. So why don't we talk about burning some calories now? Sex burns major calories. Let's myth bust. Yes, so again, mixed information out there, um, but there's some common sense information too. So if you're having sex, and you're moving your body, you're going to burn some calories. We burn calories with everything that we do, right? Yes. What there is to make sense of though, is the average sex session lasts about six minutes. That's like your typical penetration, if you will, right? That's maybe not including foreplay, which is yes. oftentimes the bulk of, of what you're doing, right? So at six minutes, of a high intensity workout, how many calories are you really burning in six minutes? That's right? It's probably not, yeah, not super significant, but there are ways that you can increase the number of calories that you're burning. So go longer. The more you're sweating, the more you're going to be burning calories. So if you want it to be like a workout, you got to put the work in. Yeah. Right? You're not going to burn calories just laying there. Coach like, Shauna in the house. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, if this is what's important to you, you gotta, it's the same as getting up and going to the gym, right? Like you That's gotta right. put a workout in. Um, and then positions matter too. So this was kind of an interesting study that I had looked at and it compared a few different types. It's, it's a heterosexual study. So cisgender heterosexual looking at vulva owners and penis owners. So we look at 10 minutes of missionary with a vulva owner on bottom. So vulva owners laying there, penis owners on top, vulva owners burning about 14 calories in that 10 <laughs> minutes. That 10 minutes is already over the six minute average. So yeah. they're already trying hard to burn those <laughs> or 14 calories, right? The male on top doing the pump in, kind of in that plank position, they're burning about 47 calories. You're not burning off the coffee, right? Like no. <laughs> yeah. Um, 10 minutes of standing. So vulva owner kind of in front of the penis owner, you're standing up, 
Volvo owner is burning about 30 calories, penis owner about 51 calories. And then standing with penis owner holding the Volvo owner up, Volvo owner is burning about 40 calories, penis owner is burning about 65. I always knew sex you definitely burned, but I mean, for me, that's not the point of sexy time, but it's always a nice little bonus. It's like, all right, I did a little bit of cardio, you know. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's just it. Like the more enthusiastic you are, the more you're moving your body the deeper you're breathing, the hotter, the sweatier you are, you're inevitably going to burn more calories and going to feel like you're getting that workout in. Yes. I, feel I mean, like just some positions feel like they use muscles that you're not used our to. Our brains are literally yeah. connected. I was literally just about to say that. Yeah. I am not surprised. Me and Shauna, our brains, they never <laughs> stop the connection. That's so it's funny true. you just said that. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, like, if, if you're a vulva owner and you're with a penis owner and you're on top, girl, if you're working it, you're probably going to burn some calories. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right. And again, this mixed information. So yes, could there be times when you're burning more? Absolutely. Are there going to be times in the day, times in your cycle where your body is inevitably going to burn more calories than others? Of course. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. I like that you brought that up. Love it. All righty. This one I think is definitely good to know for everybody out there. I'm going to say it for penis and vulva owners. Should we be peeing after sex? Yes. There it is. Yes. Do we always pee after sex? No, we don't. I get it. I'm a rollover and go to bed kind yeah. of girl sometimes too. <laughs> um, the reasoning behind this is because with sex, with sweat, um swapping fluids all of that stuff you're adding bacteria into mm-hmm. you know openings that maybe that bacteria doesn't necessarily go in right so That's the right. idea behind peeing for vulva or penis owners is mostly just to flush that out and to to make sure it's just not sitting there longer than it has to yeah and i feel like and again this may be a myth too but for vulva owners mm-hmm. isn't it more likely you could get like utis and things if you do not yes okay yep Absolutely. And I mean, a lot of things can impact that too, right? It can be the sweat from your partner. Again, any like sensitivities to to laundry soap, to body wash, to all of those things. Your pussy is sensitive being, Mm -hmm. right? So we talked about that last session too. Yes. Um, So we just, again, want to make sure that that she's nice and clean and taken care of. That we're not keeping all of that gunks just hanging out in there. And I feel like if you want to look at it in like an energetic, spiritual way, it's like you're cleansing, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 And well, and which, I mean, some research actually shows benefit to peeing before and after mm-hmm. sex. So, I mean, yeah. look at it like cleansing ritual that way too. And then like you don't that. go to worry about peeing when you squirt. So There you go. <laughs> you got I the know. answers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look no further. You have a question. We got the answers. There you go. <laughs> We did touch on this in our last episode, but we'll bring it up quickly again. Big dick is better. It's not. So within, and fight me on it. I know there will be some (laughs) vulva owners, penis owners, anus owners galore that will say bigger, the better. I want it as big as I can get it. And if that is good for you, by all means, I love that for you. For many vulva owners specifically, you really are only getting sensitivity within the first third of the vaginal canal, which isn't very deep, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. talking a couple of inches. Lots of girth sometimes can be pleasurable, right? Because again, you're you're targeting that area within the, the first third of the space. So there are enhancements that you can add to a penis 
to increase girth. So you can add a sleeve to it. You can add, there's, there's different elements that you can put in there. There's also penis pumps too that I always think of Austin Powers. I don't know if you've seen the, I think it's the first movie. It makes me laugh because that's all I can think of. Yeah, I know. And all that really does is it's just pulling more blood into the penis. I won't get into the logistics of it or. That's a whole other episode. (laughs) Yeah, it is what it is. For some people, they really like that. Um, I've also recently, and I didn't even know this was a thing until very recently, heard of people getting Botox injections into their penis to add girth. What? What? Um, I've never heard of this. What? Shocking. I know. I was so surprised when I had heard it. And actually, I was so surprised when I had heard of a fairly popular dick doctor who who is doing it. Because some of the research that I've looked into, it actually is kind of similar with like you put Botox into your face and sometimes you get a botched Botox job Uh or like it kind of, it has to go somewhere when it starts to break down. So I've seen a lot of research, primarily out of the States, where the jobs go sideways pretty fast. So, you know, penis owners are losing sensitivity. They can be kind of going lumpy. Ooh, you wouldn't want to mess with that. And also, I don't understand how it even works because I know what Botox does. And to me, I'm like, it's not adding. Well, I guess it is filling out like your wrinkles but it's not it's not an exponential amount of volume like I mean they'd have to put I would think if you're trying to get a significant difference it would have to be a lot of units like wow I don't want to yuck anyone's yum again if you're doing this and it's working for you I love that for you I also love that you just said that I don't want to yuck anyone's yum oh my god I'm gonna start saying that continue sorry that's not mine I stole it from somebody Um, whoever's it is we love it Yeah, I can't think of who it is. Some sex educator, I'm sure. Yeah, again, just recognizing that bigger doesn't have to be better. And a lot of that goes to messaging, right? What are the messaging that, you know, penis owners are getting from a very young age? Oh my God. That their masculinity, that their manhood is tied to To their appendages. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, such a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, especially the era we grew up in. I feel like at school, you'd always hear the boys going on and it's just- Yeah, so not even a concern. Use what you got. Mm -hmm. Not the size of the ship. It's the motion of the ocean. 1000% own it. And a reminder from our last episode again, is that only 20% of vulva owners are actually orgasming from your dick to begin with. So- If that's all you're bringing to the table, you really need to up your game in other ways. Mm -hmm. Preach it, sister. Okay, we we briefly touched on this one before, but it's always good to touch on. If I'm wet, I must be aroused. No, 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 no. So this, again, my soapbox, and I will bring it up in some (laughs) capacity on every episode that I do. It's called genital non-concordance. So just because your pussy is wet does not mean you are aroused. Just because your pussy is not wet does not mean that you are not aroused. They're not necessarily connected in that way. There are times in your cycle again that you will be more naturally aroused and times yeah. when you're going to be a little bit drier. Mm-hmm. So my go-to, just add lube. Just I was waiting for you lube. to pull out the, the holy grail of lube. <laughs> I have it. Don't worry. <laughs> she so comes this prepared. Is a new one. 
Ooh. I always, I've got lube everywhere <laughs> behind me too. Um, this is a new lube that I have recently found. Again, local company. I know I talked a lot about Playground Lube last episode. They're still not shipping to Canada. I was going to say, has it changed? Or is there any uh, advancements I was on hoping. that? <laughs> it still has not gotten to that point. But I was really, really excited to find, again, at the Taboo Show, I came across these wonderful women from the Okanagan. Uh, if you haven't been to the Okanagan, they are amazing for wine. That's I was going to say wine country, right? Wine country, mm-hmm. always. Um, and apparently they have fantastic lube as well. So I bought, it was a funny story. My husband and I are shopping. I was like, oh, just so try it. for the listeners, just so Shauna, when she's saying the taboo, yes. it's like it was like a big sexpo, basically, right? With like yes. tons of vendors, all the things. Tons of vendors, tons of workshops, seminars. It was fantastic. They offer it all over Canada. So I know Toronto, I think, has one. I believe it's Calgary has one. There might be another one as well. Look it up, Taboo Show. Fantastic, really sex-positive space. It was just amazing. I went to something like that in university in Halifax. I don't know if it was Taboo, but it was the same idea. So they may have it. I'm sure they have one in the Maritimes as well. Yeah, absolutely. So these wonderful women that I bumped into, they were very much just trying to promote the fact that we don't want to be buying our sex toys on Amazon. We want products that are designed for, for the bouginess in our lives. Right. And so they created this loop. They're like, I can't find what I'm looking for. So very much like me, they're like, I want to know what I'm putting on my body. I want Mm -hmm. to treat her with grace. Yes. Um, The goddess. For her. Yes, queen. So it's a beautiful bottle. It's actually a glass bottle. It's called Okanagan Joy. It's natural and organic. I know. The marketing girl in me, I live for good packaging and a good name. I'm like, Oh, and it's so pretty. It's so pretty. It looks pink, is it? Oh, look at your nails too. Sorry, squirrel. I'm like, ooh. (laughs) So cute. I know some sparkle just for you. Oh, I love it. I was like, yes. (laughs) So it's water-based which means good for toys, good for condoms, kind of your all around everything. It's not going to break down the silicone, right? Correct. Yes. All right. I was like, I remember, I was like, I remember she talked about this. Yes. We do not want silicone on silicone and we do not want oil on silicone. And it's made out of glacier water. So I'm a mountain girl. Mountains bring me joy. Mountains bring me pleasure. The fact that this is glacier water, love it. Um, Got Shauna's name on it. Nice. I know. (laughs) <laughs> it was so great. So we stopped, we met them. And I'm like, you know what? I want to get a bottle and try it. I ended up going back the next morning and getting like three more bottles. So yes. one of those bottles, I was hoping we could give away to a listener oh, on this oh, episode. What? Another little giveaway? Another ooh, little ooh. giveaway. So I, I wanted to show two to and the rose quartz. I had to get two little baby ones because they didn't have the sizes I wanted. But I was like, you know what? Two is mm. always better than one. So you get two rose yes. quartz and they're fully charged. I'll charge them uh, again before we send them out. But yes. So you're getting amazing. all the love from us. <laughs> yes. So for this month's episode, same as last month, I want you to give my social media, Fraser Valley Sex Therapy. I'm on Instagram and on Facebook. Give me a like. Uh, if you've already liked me, fantastic. Same with the tea with KG. Head on over, like her socials. And then I want you to send me a message that says, let's get juicy in wine country because Ooh. I want to go to wine country. I'm sure and get juicy. we should do a road trip to wine country. I'm so down. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> if they got wine and they got great lube, 
on it. Sold. So let's on get it. juicy in wine country. Make let's sure you DM that to Shauna, Fraser Valley sex therapist. Instagram, Facebook, follow, like, show her some love and legit. Ask her anything. Absolutely. She help you. And we can get the answers and help educate the masses, which is what's up. And also head over to yes. the Tea with KG, Facebook, Insta, give a like, follow. And uh, make sure you DM that nice little phrase to Shauna and we will do our draw and she will ship that to you. And also I will ship you some beautiful rose quartz because can't get enough rose quartz, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And another thing, just before we're done with this, what I love about the packaging, it has this cute little tip on it. So if you've ever traveled with lube in your luggage, the concern is that it's going to pop open, mm -hmm. right? Um, and another thing I talked about lube in the last episode is you don't want to be like unscrewing a bottle to try to get it to work and then you're covered yeah. in lube. This has a great little pump top. Um, comes out in just small amounts. So again, like I always say, uh, start like low and slow. Start with mm -hmm. a little bit. I do find because it's water-based, you have to add a little bit more, make it buildable. I oh, always go with like less makeup. and add Make it, it buildable. Make cool. it buildable. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to go with so much. And I've had this happen, even with really great loops, that you add too much and then it just, it loses its, too it much. loses its joy, right? That's so start right. Low, It loses its joy. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Oh, I love, love that. You can also check them out at intimatewellbeing.ca. They have amazing high quality sex toys. They've got their lube over there. And again, they're just wonderful ladies. They're yeah. super sweet, super great. And I like that they're like local. I love, I'm all about supporting local where we can. So I yes. think that's, that's super awesome. It's good to see some Queens going for it with their business. Yes. Local and women run business. We need to be calling back the, the pussy in the industry, right? Like yes. we need to, we need to have more of it. The pussy and me industry here for it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> love it so much. Okay. So yes, don't forget about that giveaway, everybody. Make sure you DM Shauna. We want to keep yes. giving you all the pleasure. We will keep this giveaway open until April 1st. Perfect. Perfect. April 1st. Love it. Love it. Next myth busting topic, masturbation and toy use can decrease your sex drive with your partner. We did somewhat touch on this earlier, but we'll go right into it again. So to add to what we had talked about earlier in terms of masturbation and porn use and that it's not going to impact your your wanting to have sex with your partner something that i do hear a lot though often coming from penis owners towards their vulva owner partners is they're scared to bring toys into the bedroom one because they feel like they can't compete with a toy and two because they're worried that the toy is going to kind of like desensitize the vulva it would i would be shocked to hear a vulva owner say they are leaving their partner <sighs> for even their unicorn, right? The right. unicorn is great. It doesn't take me for dinner. So yes, the toys are great. They don't make a mess. They don't leave their underwear on the floor. <laughs> like they don't talk back, but they're not going to cuddle you afterwards. No, right? it's not human connection. It's not you. Oh my gosh. Human connection is so much more than what a vibrator so can give you. Oh my God. Like not even comparable. Yes. A vibrator is just like a nice added addition if that's what you choose. Absolutely. And th the truth of the matter is that a vibrator or toys and enhancements of other kind are designed to do what the human body isn't able to do. Right. That's right. If you can make your penis pulse at at that you know octave fantastic again amazing i love that for you but if not bring in something that can because if we are trying to have the most pleasurable sex then we want the sex pleasurable for everybody 
That's right. right. The goal again should not be orgasm or how many times like it's her pussy's not a trophy. (laughs) Like you don't, you're not just getting this gold plated item for being able to make her come all on your own. Right. It's added in, have the most pleasurable experience, bring toys in to the sexual couple or the coupled sexual experience as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So where this can become tricky though, and again, to caveat in just the other way is when we talk about those pleasure pathways. So if you are only pleasuring yourself in a certain way, so you have the same vibrator and you use the same positions and it's kind of your go-to, the same fantasies all the time your pathway to pleasure is going to be quite narrow, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not going to desensitize you. You're still capable of orgasming in different ways. It might just take a little bit longer to allow your body to realize or allow your brain to realize, okay, this could lead to pleasure as well. Yes. It's like you're limiting yourself a little, right? And that can be just applied to so many, like every area of your life. You have to always be open to learning and trying new things. And like, it's nothing wrong if you like doing what you're doing and it works cool, but like, don't feel shameful if you want to try something Mm -hmm. new, you know, there's nothing. We're about the pleasure here, honey. So. Absolutely. So try different things, Uh, bring toys into the bedroom, use toys on your own whatever feels good for you and, and drop the shame with it. Drop mm-hmm. this idea that I, I read something really interesting the other day and it said, we would never expect a penis owner to orgasm just by stroking his balls. Right. So why are we expecting vulva owners to only orgasm through penetration? That's right. Right. Oh, that clip is magical. Magical, magical. All right. This kind of relates into that. I know what gets me off, so I'll stick to that. Yeah. Again, just being open to it, branching out of those pleasure pathways, the more it's kind of like if you're driving through the city and you know there's somewhere you have to go and you take the same, the same street every single day, but then all of a sudden there's construction. Mm-hmm. And now you're like, holy fuck, where else? Like, I need <gasps> when to I get first there, moved I here, I was like that because I have very specific yeah. ways where now I don't need the map. I know where I'm going. But literally, I have had more than one moment where that has happened. And I'm like, fuck, where am I going? And I panic. I'm like, oh yeah. my God. But obviously, I figured it out. But yeah. <laughs> but pleasure is very much the same way. If we are going the exact same way every single time, when that way isn't working, our brains kind of panic and we're like, oh, fuck, we're not going to orgasm. So it's all about like finding different ways. And again, focusing on the pleasure, focusing on what feels Mm -hmm. good and just going intuitively with what moves your body, not getting stuck in that I need to do A to get to B. Mm -hmm. That intuitive, that is what's up because I find it, it can benefits you in so many other ways too because Mm -hmm. then you learn to trust yourself which can be beneficial in every part of your life like there's so many ways we can lean into that intuition that are going to be just beneficial in general so I like that absolutely and what you want in your body is going to change based on any number of contacts related situations right Mm -hmm. so yeah, keeping yourself tied to only one option is so limiting. Mm-hmm. So limiting. 100%. All righty, next myth-busting topic. Weed and alcohol make sex better. I'm very intrigued on this one. So again, I think there is a fine line. My husband always jokes that there's like the line between fucky and fighty when it comes oh. to like red wine especially. 
it's like there's a certain measurement that it's like okay Shauna's going to be a good time <laughs> or we're getting into it tonight and I, I think that's so true with a lot of substances in general weed and alcohol are both considered depressants so while they can in some combinations for some people kind of bring us down and into our bodies kind of yes. take the edge off if you will mm -hmm. help to sort of calm us down help us to be a little bit more present they can also take us too far in the opposite direction to the point where erectile dysfunction is happening low libido we get tired right mm -hmm. a, a bit more sluggish maybe we're kind of slurring around and, and not able to be fully present in our bodies because we've become too diminished mm -hmm. so what then happens is that we're not as receptive to the pleasure that's coming up. Yeah, it's a balancing act, right? And I think, mm -hmm. again, that just that uh, it can be applied everywhere without balance. Like there is no flow, like you need to have balance. Absolutely. Alrighty, next myth busting. Men ejaculate every time they orgasm. Oh, so in our last episode, mm -hmm. you might remember we talked about toys. I remember, I can still see the picture. <laughs> yes, so uh, it is a very common myth that we know when a man has orgasmed because he's ejaculated. And then he has that refractory period where he may not be able to orgasm again for a few minutes, up to a few hours, up to the next day, right? Um, what has been really cool in research is showing that through prostate orgasm, men can actually have multiple, many, many multiple orgasms without ejaculating so without that refractory period they can have that full body sensation they can get the pleasure but without having the downtime in between yeah didn't you say someone had like a hundred or something wild like that yeah the owner of or the creator of that helix toy um that's how he sold it was <laughs> when i first used this it was like he stopped counting at a hundred wow and so i mean i'm sure it could be infinite just like for many women however yeah. like at some point i and he even said he's like that was way too much like i yes. do it again yeah. um so <laughs> at some point it does become sensitive and it does become oh, yeah. a lot to experience that over and over again but yes. it is absolutely possible for penis owners to orgasm without ejaculation i think that's such a good myth to bust because i guarantee a lot of people are not aware of that so you don't have that. to bust just to orgasm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no bust needed, my friend. <laughs> yes. No must, no fuss, no bust. <laughs> there you go. All right. This one I think is a really interesting one too. Is it healthy to have sex in a pool or hot tub? So this one, I was surprised by the research and I'm going to stand behind my own claims for this. Again, research, there's always two sides of it. I'm finding that it's been talked about that sex in the pool, sex in the hot tub, it, it can be okay. And it can add some kind of like fun to your life. Same with sex in the ocean, all of those things. My first initial thought whenever I went through this was very much the pH balance. What yes. are we Me too. I was like, in there, right? You're, you're like pumping this stuff in. So if you're thinking of say the ocean, right? You're pumping salt water up into your pussy it's obviously it'll come back out as well but it, it just be careful what you're doing on there same with like your hot tub your pool there's a lot of harsh chemicals in there just be mindful of what yeah. you're possibly putting up inside to absorb yeah That's all I'm saying. 
Because like you can I'm, still get pregnant in a hot tub. I've heard that one as well. Yes, that's a good Please one. <laughs> take precaution. The other thing about sex in the water is we don't always realize, like you can't necessarily feel how lubricated, self-lubricated you are because everything feels wet because you're in the water. Yes. Right? But it can actually cause a lot of friction because proper lubrication isn't happening or because the water is washing away the, the lubricant. Yes, that's such a good point. And like, I agree. It's just, to me, I'm like, I'm all about having fun and being adventurous. But I'm like, why would I want to mess with my pH? Yeah, like the idea of douching too, right? If we're not supposed to be douching, exactly. is my personal belief. Mm -hmm. No, and it's valid. It's totally, I think, yeah, it's like proceed with caution. If you choose to do that, there may be some repercussions. So absolutely. No, yes. by all means, get frisky in the water. I Ooh, absolutely yes. love some uh, some yes. water play. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring this up. You just made me think of it when you mentioned mm-hmm. you can get pregnant in the hot tub. Can you get pregnant on your period? No. So there are, again, don't come after me if you are not a believer of the fertility awareness method, but there are only certain days that you're ovulating. Now, that said, caveat sperm can live in the vagina for I'd say four to seven days something like that that, I knew it was 72 hours for sure but I didn't know it was longer okay okay that that could be it don't quote me exactly on the stat but Um, it can stay it's not just there and gone it can stay in there for a bit even if you pee afterwards it could still be up in there so you want to be careful because even when you know the day that you ovulate you want to add days on either side of that ovulation just to make sure you're safe. Because we, even when you think you know when you're ovulating, unless you're tracking your basal body temperature, unless you're tracking your cervical mucus, and you can know for goddamn sure that your ovulation has happened, then yeah, you don't, you don't want to mess around, right? That's right. But when you are on your period, you've already ovulated and you've, you've released that out. So you cannot okay. get on your, on your period. Alrighty. Mm-hmm. This is our next and last myth busting BDSM. All right. So is it bad when it comes to creating space for people who have been in domestic violent relationships? Mm-hmm. Like I love that you brought this up because I have been in an abusive relationship physically. And I think it's just important that you're bringing up both sides to this. So I'm very curious. So I think the kink community in general is so misunderstood and it's still considered so taboo and not talked about. And I think that's where a lot of the fear comes from is we fear what we don't know. That's right. So I can understand from the outside looking in why it would be perceived that it was violent or that could create the space for that. And again, do not get me wrong. Sometimes the people with malintention come to this space, potentially looking for an outlet to do that. That Mm -hmm. I would say is a very small number. And the kink community is usually pretty good at mixing the fuck out of those people and getting them away. Yes, Um, because it's all about like boundaries and safety. Like I think that's a huge portion of that. And I feel like it's separate. It's not... They're not the same, but I, I, like I said, again, I like that you're bringing it up for maybe people who've been in those situations, like abusive situations, maybe they're hesitant about yeah. it, but maybe they're curious too. So such a good Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you touched on the boundary and consent piece. What's often, again, misunderstood is within the power play dynamic, it 
tends to look like the top, if you will, the person inflicting the flogging or spanking or, or whatever, whatever punishment that you're looking at, that they're in control. But in reality, it is always the bottom that is Mm -hmm. in that control. Safety and communication, Mm -hmm. first and foremost, are so, so amazing. And I don't know if you saw the uh, post that we did again from Taboo with Sin City. They were fantastic. They had this like wheel, what was it called? Like the wheel of sin or something. (laughs) And you uh, spun the wheel and they had all these different punishments on it. And then you had a master or a mistress who would inflict this punishment on you. (laughs) So what I loved about that was you had to read and sign a consent form before you even walked up to it. You got your punishment. And then the individual you were paired with would actually ask you, do, do you, are you okay with this? Do you know what this entails? Do I have permission to touch your body? This is how I want you to communicate with me. If you want it harder, if you want it faster, if you want me to stop, if you want me to slow down. So all of the rules are in place. Mm-hmm. And actually there was one fella, we had gone back a couple of days and, and had a few different workers, I guess, volunteers, the SimCity that, were, that we were playing with. And one fellow actually came up and introduced himself and then turned to my husband and shook my husband's hand and was like, Hey, just, just so you know, these are my rules within this area of play. Right. And this is like out in the public. This isn't, mm-hmm. we're not going no, to. No, no. Like, yeah. For everyone listening. Too. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't like a, pre- it's, it's like an out in the, oh, it's in like a big convention center. It's like in a convention center. Yeah. Yeah. But there are, there are sex parties or kink parties that are out there and that specialize in this. And the rules are always very closely stated as well. Right. So this is kind of a, a small snippet of it, but it's a much broader community and it can also come back into your bedroom as well. Right. So that communication, I just, I love that. I thought it was so respectful, but mm-hmm. they still made it so sexy. Right? Yeah. And then, I mean, within the confines of your relationship, I think it's so important, again, emphasizing that the need for communication and consent and recognizing that, you know, you both have to be in the headspace to play. Mm-hmm. right it's not everyone is going to be in that headspace all the time I read something at one point and it really resonated with me was that sometimes when we're really stressed or really heightened it's almost like we're wearing this like sexual armor mm. right so the touch we need is maybe a little bit firmer or a little bit harder mm-hmm. a little bit faster things like that and sometimes mm-hmm. we're able to take that armor off and we don't need it that hard right And I love that because even for myself, there's times when I'm like, yes, let's do impact play. Let's Mm -hmm. use restraints or let's use floggers or whatever. Other times when I'm like, oh, you know what? That doesn't feel good for me right now. And that might shift partway through a play session. Yeah, totally. I think like, you know, different emotions and energies we feel like, for instance, if I'm mad, I need to work out high intensity. Like, yes. Sure, I could go to a yoga class, but I know when I'm in that type of energy, let me like go to a boxing class. Let me get it out that way because I know Mm. my body just needs to release it in that way. So I feel like that could be linked into your sexual life as well. Different feelings, emotions, like Shauna said, you're more high stressed. You may need this or that. So that's a really, really great way to look Mm. at it like the armor. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And so just like knowing what you, what feels good and vocalizing that as things shift. So, Mm -hmm. so, so important. What did you say? It's timing, Mm -hmm. turf, and tone. Timing, turf, and tone. And I will caveat, I'm a big believer of talking about sex outside of the bedroom. Have these conversations before you get into a play situation. 
but continuously check in with your partner. And you will notice that even within the King community, if you're doing it um, like at a play party or you're doing it at one of these events, they will continuously check in. This is not, and I cringe because I've had someone come to me in the past that has said dealing with a partner who is quite verbally abusive, um, maybe borderline, some of the, the physical stuff as well. And they decided to get into pink play as an outlet for that to make it feel okay. Mm -hmm. I would argue that that's not the time to do that. You, no. there has to be such a heightened level of respect yes. in that. And it's not, it's not an act of violence. It is done through love, yes, right? It pleasure. is done because it's pleasure, 100%. Mm -hmm. So you want to... I, I feel very protective of that. And I yeah. think that if you were to talk to anybody within the kink community, they would probably say the same that, mm -hmm. you know, there is so much love and aftercare is huge within the kink community too. And within just with any impact play with any of that, it's not just about the, the moment of impact. It's that impact. And then let me counteract that with softness and caring yeah, and making balance. sure you're good. That's balance. right. That's right. Absolutely. And again, when we're in a heightened state of arousal, we take on pain in a different way. So that mm -hmm. pain does trigger those pleasure points. Whereas if you're sitting, you know, washing dishes and someone comes up and flogs you, <laughs> right? Your brain's not expecting it. You're not in that aroused state. It's going to, to hurt, yeah. right? But if you are in that heightened sense of arousal, your body takes that and it can bring Ooh. you orgasm so much faster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Again, just being so protective and saying that partners should never be coerced into trying something that they're not comfortable with. No. The receiving partner always has final say. It's my, right. I'm going to stand behind that as my personal uh, mm -hmm. belief is that we don't want anyone um, in a position where they're not receiving pleasure or, you know, giving or receiving pleasure in some way. And we don't want anyone in a position that's dangerous. That's right. Yeah. It's like anything you try new for the first time, mm -hmm. you have to have that. I was thinking too, like, you know, like anal sex, that's such a vulnerable thing as well. Yes. So there has to be that communication and exactly like what Shauna said, the person receiving is the one in control of that situation. Absolutely. And you don't know, like, if you're the one giving the punishment, if you will, mm -hmm. you're not receiving it you don't know what it feels like and especially when you're using different tools is they have different stings they have different impacts so you don't know the amount of pain so you're relying on your partner to communicate with you where they're at That's I think right. it's also really important when you're trying something new in any way and this is maybe if you're somebody who is interested and you don't know how to broach it with your partner or even if you and your partner are like in the learning phase together there is tons of research do your research first Safety mm -hmm. first, know what you're doing, start low, start slow. That is our myth busting for today, everyone. Do you have any final words of wisdom for us? I've said it already in the beginning of this episode, but I will say it again is when it comes to sex, we don't know what we don't know. So the best way to find out is to fuck around and find out. 
Fuck around and find out. You heard it here. I love it. Alrighty. So I'll get Shauna to plug her social in again. Just remember with our giveaway, you're going to want to message Shauna. Let's get juicy in wine country. Let's get juicy in wine country. So if you want to hit up Shauna, Facebook and Instagram, Fraser Valley Sex Therapist. If you're looking to book a session with me in terms of counseling, I'm a registered clinical counselor and as well as sex therapist. So you can message me on my socials or you can find me at lavenderlanecounseling.ca. Perfect. All righty. So make sure you get in on that giveaway. Shauna has put in such incredible products for each of these giveaways. So I'm just super honored and grateful that you come to this space mm. with us. So thank you so much for just being here and sharing your beautiful knowledge with us and also for your amazing giveaway items. Like whoever wins them, you are lucky. <laughs> well, and thank you for just, it almost makes me emotional because I think there are not enough sexually safe spaces for people to come and to get information and to ask questions. And like I said, I will be the first to say, I don't know the answer to everything, but I am more than happy to do the research, to get out there, to help you find answers so that we are having safe sex. We are having pleasurable sex and that we are leaving this world more connected than when we came in. Preach sister. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. It's all about that connection. And that pleasure, baby. Hell yeah. Alrighty. Well, that is our tea time for today, everyone. This was episode two of our monthly Sex with Shauna series. Tune in each month. We're going to be hitting on some cool topics. Like I said, if you want to check out her first Sex with Shauna series episode, it was February 14th, Valentine's Day. So episode 52. And if you want to see the OG episode, episode 32. So that's so funny, 3252. I didn't realize yeah, you were thinking that. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. But I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. We are sending love and light and all that pleasure to each and every one of you. Have an amazing day, night, morning, whatever time it is you're listening to this. And we will see you next week. Oh, oh, oh.